Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling show. Now this is doubly cool because if you're a long time listener to this, you will know that what is about to happen has happened before. But just due to life and just the general craziness of being a human being, me and my guest today have not done this for a very long time. And that just excites me because every time we do chat about it, usually we get to the end of an episode and go, well, that was just damn therapeutic and that was just fun. I don't know why I'm teasing it because I'm going to put it in the title of the damn show anyway. But joining me once again, I think for maybe the fourth or fifth time, I'll have to go back and check. It's the one, the only, it's YouTube's Jim Sterling. Jim, my friend, how you doing today? All of this has happened before and all of this will happen again. To quote <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. That's and it sounds a bit like a about. It sounds a bit like a wrestling tagline as well. I can hear WrestleMania like 37 having that. Probably true as well when it comes to WWE. We've as, done it before. Yeah. Uh, wrestling's <laughs> we'll a cycle. All the gimmicks will come back in time. <laughs> exactly. Dude, how you doing, man? You good? I'm good. I'm good. I'm still riding high from meeting Mick Foley this weekend. What way to cool. start? What a way to start. Where was he? What was he doing? Um, he was in. He was at Mississippi Comic Con of all places, which shockingly has only gotten more and more legitimate. I was there for the first one, and it was tiny. You could just wander in off the street. <laughs> now you've got a really pre-book. Um, they, they had some decent guests last year, but this year they really pushed the boat out. So we had... I didn't get to meet the, um, the other guests they had from wrestling because apparently he, it was crowded. Um, and and he, he left early, but you could hear where he was because you could hear all the woo! Um, but <laughs> yeah, course. unfortunately, he didn't get to meet Ric Flair, but he was there in, in, in Mississippi bloody Comic Con. Um, but, but I wanted to see Mick Foley first and foremost, so I got in there as quickly as I could. Um, nice. Got a How nice, is he? Oh, he? He's great. Was, was All the stories about him being the nicest bloke around are true. Um, yeah. Someone who actually recognized me from my wrestling that I do um, was in the, the line as well. Um, didn't recognize me close enough to impress Mick, unfortunately. I asked her to, <laughs> I asked her to recognize me again when I got up there. Um, but she, yeah, she was just in, come back? Yeah. yeah, she was in tears. She, she was crying as they got a photo with Mick, and, and it was the sweetest thing. Um, I, I couldn't help but, like, like a fool... Like like a little tall fanboy, I couldn't help but show him a picture of me gimmicked up um, as Sterling. Oh no, you got to you got to do that, man. Of course you do. When else do you get that kind of opportunity? Yeah, I told him to watch out for a, a big fat guy in silver coming soon because I'm the second coming of Mabel, um, and he was either genuinely amused by what I showed him or was it truly is the most polite man in the business. Um, but that was great. I got a little uh, photo. With with the three faces of Foley on it, and he signs, he, he signs those photos three times in different styles and, and colors for each character. Um, it's just lovely. He's you're not prepared for how big guys look, especially someone like Mick Foley, who is that was never pushed as a big monster guy. But I'm a tall bloke, but he he dwarfed me. He's like six two or something, right? 
Yeah. 6'2", six, 6'2 two, six, two and a half, like he's there. He's not a small guy. I remember when I met Matt Hardy, I was surprised by that. Because Matt Hardy is legitimately about six foot two. And Matt Hardy was always a small guy. So, well, yeah. maybe, maybe he's not jacked to the gills. But in terms when of... I'm 6'1", I call myself indie tall. Because I am, you know, if I go to uh, pretty much any um, promotion here, um, if I'm in a manager role, I have to... They, I've been asked before to bend my knees a bit. So Brilliant. I look taller than the, the wrestlers I'm representing. Of course, because it's wrestling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so... So, yeah, I wasn't prepared. Like, just Mick Foley's head alone. Like, it, wrestlers are beasts. Are they really? Especially when you meet an actual, when you meet an actual beast. Like, when you meet, like, a, I mean, I know he's not around anymore. But you'll meet a Wade Barrett or a Sheamus or a Randy Orton. And, you know, mm. these, these are the guys that, I mean, they are big guys in wrestling. But they're not, like, you know, a Kane or The Undertaker. But even when you meet them, you're like, my word, you never stop. Like, you just keep yeah. going. It's incredible. It's also, I mean, again, I don't know how you feel about this, but I know when I meet a guy like that, my instant, well, these days, my instant reaction is I'm never going to make it as a wrestler because I'm mm. not as tall as this tall, tall man that just never stops going. It's crazy. And then I realized that the business has changed hugely. It doesn't matter. And everyone, you can just, look, all you got to do is come up with something. And if that something works, you're all good. That's, That's wrestling it, 2019, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just find something that works. And, and, you know, we're in a world now where a guy's getting over by never taking his hands out of his pockets. I know. How crazy we, is that? Yeah. So long as you can find something that connects. And these days, there are more ways to come up with an idea that resonates than ever. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, doing a, a, a very, very cheap tie in there that kind of ties into everything that's going on with AEW right now because they're getting a bunch of dudes that probably would never arguably get a shot in somewhere like WWE like a Jungle Boy for example right Jungle Boy oh, yeah. uh, I, I think well, I say I, I say that from a, of a very Vince McMahon uh, a viewpoint I mean we all understand as fans why he has such a potential upside, but you can never. Well, you, you can imagine him being in WWE, but you can also imagine him being on Two Hundred Five Live. That's not any. That's not disrespectful to anybody on Two Hundred Five Live. That's just how the WWE machine works. But right now, you know, look at something like All Elite Wrestling and Jungle Boy. As far as I could tell, especially from over the weekend, is being positioned as a guy that absolutely can have an incredible top guy run in yeah. All Elite Wrestling. If that's the way, you know, the, the cookie crumbles. You just don't know. You know, there's so many, like Nathan Jones, for example, back in the day, he should have been WWE's perfect entity, but he wasn't because that's wrestling. You just don't know. But that is the greatest thing. Like, I talk about I talk about this to everybody. And I know it's, it's boring now almost because it's just been around for so long. But... You can criticize Joey Ryan for his dick flips as much as you want, but I've seen <laughs> I've seen Joey Ryan live, and I've seen Joey Ryan both go for the dick flip and not get it, and a crowd be devastated, and then finally get it, and then erupt like he's Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania three. So it's difficult to say, oh, that's ruining wrestling. I'm like, I don't know if it is. People really wanted to see Joey Ryan use his that's penis. That's the thing, you know. You, you people talk about how wrestling is being ruined by comedy spots, and you know, I watch a fair bit of Chikara, and I. I, I I love that stuff. Like, oh, I laugh yeah, my yeah. head off. Um, but but you've got to look at the crowds and just ask, do they look like their night's being ruined? Exactly. If they're cheering and they're if they're devastated that Joey Ryan didn't get a dick flip, but then he does get a dick flip and they're related, if they're having one of the best nights of their life, one of the most entertaining nights they could have, then the business is great. Yeah, and everyone's it's having fun. It's not killed. Um, I mean, what... What's the point? What is the point? <clears throat> Trying to keep up the contrivance uh, 24-7 that 
wrestling is a real combat sport in a world where UFC exists. Yeah, I and agree. People, I'm not going to name names, as, even if they share a, a first name with me, but... <laughs> Nice. When you talk about killing the business because it's not being taken seriously anymore and people would rather watch UFC, I don't think that's true. I, I don't like UFC. I don't. I think I may have even mentioned this on the podcast. Yeah, before. we chatted about it, yeah. I don't like actual violence, but I like, you know, the simulated violence along with the pageantry and the, the storylines and the characters. And however you get that across, whether you do that as a comedy spot, if you do that as in a serious way, there's room for all of it, and I think AEW especially has proven that, that you can have a triple Hadouken in the same show you have John Moxley and, um, um, oh, God. Joey Janela. Joey Janela. What the hell can I remember Joey Janela? Uh, dude, I, I, um, I couldn't remember. Honestly, no work. I couldn't remember the Ultimate Warrior's name the other day when I was talking <laughs> to someone. I was like, I'm just getting old now. That's it. I can't remember the name of the Ultimate Flipping Warrior. But yeah, yeah, you can have all of that on the same card. And you can have dedicated comedy promotions, um, com comedy-leaning promotions like Chikara. You can have, um, you know, really serious all of the time wrestling as well that try and present themselves as legitimate. Um, this is a, it's a small industry, but it's a massive industry. Mm, that's and a great way to put it, yeah. People appreciate diversity. The more diverse the, the type of content you have, the more eyes you bring to the product trying to put wrestling and trying to put any art form in a box and yes i will be that guy that calls it an art form you try and put any of it into a box you start restricting it you i think that kills the business once you point to it and say it can only be this absolutely and then it gets boring too because i you know is that you, you compared those two matches which i think was perfect you know, from fighter fest as and again, both of us met through video games. Both of us were very entrenched in video games. You know, it was it was a huge thing. And so, a to get to see that in, uh, you know, in wrestling anyway is just fun because it's nice to see two different passions come together. But the fact that we could see a bunch of dudes pretending to be Street Fighter characters and then Joey Janela having his foot, you know, plowed into a bunch of thumbtacks, that's kind of what I want. And look, I'll be the first to say that doesn't always work. Like, you know, the librarian skits they did on the pre-show. I don't, I don't hate it, but I was like, eh. It was awkward. Yeah, it, it, it was, was awkward. It, it didn't hit as much as, as I wanted to. But look, I'm all, I'm all good with people trying and it, and it not working out. But I loved, I loved, and also those two matches were back-to-back, -back, obviously. So you go from this crazy high spot fest with, yeah, unrealistic and unbelievable moves to two guys just seemingly want to batter each other. And I'm all right with it. You know what? I'm all right with it. It makes me, it makes me far more interested in where a card could go than the other way around. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't understand what people's problem with it is. I don't understand this this killing the business when seemingly right now things are about to become better than they have been for a long time, or at least that's the hints that we have on the table right now. Yeah, I, I am so excited. I'm so excited about where the business is right now. If this is what it looks like post-mortem then may it never resurrect again because this quote-unquote killed business is livelier than i've seen it in a long ass time oh i mean totally I mean, dude we haven't even talked about it obviously what is your you know the AEW explosion over the last year year or so i mean what have you made on it man it basically you know i fell out of love with wrestling for a while once wwe bought out wcw uh, 
hand, handled the invasion the way it handled it and then got complacent. Um, one of the worst things a corporation can do is become a de facto monopoly. Mm. Oh, um, definitely, yeah. Because it will that that will kill the business, and it did certainly in my heart for a long time. And I I came back to it and thought I fell in love with it again. And well, I, I did, but I didn't realize just how much I could I could love it even more um, until uh, Double or Nothing ad, and then I was like. Oh no no! This is what I remember when when I used to watch wrestling. This is how it felt. All of the other relation I felt in the time before then. That wasn't this. This is how it feels. Yeah. That card, from pre-show to the end, in my opinion, was beautiful. Mm, yeah, I, I, I thought if nothing else, it was just a hell of a lot of fun. I think that's, you know, when people were, crit not criticizing, but when people were talking about it so much, I think one of the things that got skipped over because it was such a, a monumentous thing was also, it was really entertaining. And half the time, that's all I need from wrestling is to be, because that's what it's all about, right? You entertain me and I'm a happy guy. That's that. Over. Done. Easy. Simple. Mm-hmm. It, it had everything. It had bits to make you laugh. It had bits to make you wince. It had, you know, real heartstring pulling emotional moments it had moments where you just want to scream at how awesome it is it it had everything it needed to have and it had you know what has become possibly my favorite match of all time featuring two guys i adore D dustin is one of my favorite wrestlers ever the gold dust gimmick was i mean anyone who knows me knows how much i love camp I love glittery spandex, obviously. Um, Goldust was, is, is amazing. And Cody is, I think I even said this on, on maybe the last podcast we were doing together, is my favorite wrestler right now. And hell, I indirectly owe him for me being in the business right now. Because if it wasn't for him having in my opinion, done an admirable job with the Stardust gimmick. And I do not mean that sarcastically. I mean, I genuinely love Stardust. Oh, yeah, we, we have uh, audio evidence of this for anybody yes. that likes to think that this isn't true. It exists. It's out there. I genuinely love it. And, and it's a, it, it makes me sad that he didn't care for it. I know he said recently how, you know, he was still grateful to the gimmick. Um, but but it, it was a professional low for him. Um, and I understand that. If, if that's it, that's the kind of gimmick that, is for a very particular type of wrestler who is genuinely into it. Um, but obviously I, 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 I parodied Stur Stardust as Stardust on, on my YouTube channel and it was never intended to get me into the industry, but it worked so well. And, and you know, we, we spoke about earlier, it resonated with the audience and it worked. So they kept booking me and having me back. And if I ever meet Cody, I'm, I'm going to have to thank the man genuinely uh, so to see those you know and and then you layer on top outside of my personal um admiration for them you layer on top brother versus brother and the match they couldn't have in wwe and the blood oh dear god the blood it it was that was a masterpiece as far as i'm concerned i that think was that was a masterpiece the cool thing about it what is it as well is i was excited for that match because like a lot of long-term wrestling fans are we had seen everything that happened with Goldust and Cody Rhodes 
Stardust, whatever, in WWE. We always got the few. We didn't get the few. We had some tag team stuff. And then to finally have that happen in a brand new company that we were all excited about. You know, everything was already in place to enjoy it. But even then, I don't know if... Well, like, personally speaking, I don't know if I... Well, put it like this, the best way to put it. I never thought it would be a conversation that when I sit down, you know, we're halfway through the year, to think to myself, oh, what's my favourite match so far halfway through the year? And one of the straight answers, you know, is, oh, maybe Dustin versus Cody. That's not a thing that's meant to happen in 2019. But isn't it, isn't it awesome that it is? Like, what, what a surprise and a, and a wonderful surprise. And I remember every podcast we've done, we always talked about, uh, you know, we've always talked about how... The wrestling can sometimes fall into a bit of a status quo, a bit of a lull. Everything kind of feels the same. You get the same guys at the top, which is fine. But, you know, your brain gets bored of it because your brain gets bored of everything like that. To get to the point now where you're like, oh, man, Dustin and Cody are fighting and that's good. And, you know, John Moxley or Dean Ambrose, now John, all this kind of all this stuff. It just makes it even more enjoyable. And, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree. Like, I was never against Stardust. I actually thought he was quite funny. I thought Cody Rose did a great job, but I certainly, obviously, clearly didn't like him as much as you did. But even I, to see that kind of progression, it rocked. The whole thing was just awesome. Yeah. It, it, I, I struggle for words when I try and describe what that match meant to me. And, yeah, that, that, that Double or Nothing had already been excellent up to that point. There were things in there that there were just so many moments that I will remember for as long as I live, probably. Just things that spoke to me as a fan. It served me exactly what I like, as well as other stuff, you know, for everyone else to like. Um, you know, seeing um, <laughs> seeing Evil Uno just click his fingers and have minions appear at will and then have them become the Dark Order, which is exactly the kind of gimmick I love. Give me creepy masks and weird occult nonsense. That's what I love. Oh, what a time to be alive, Simon. What a time to be alive. And I realise it's, you know, it's on vogue right now to dump on WWE and, and love the hell out of AEW. And I know I might sound stereotypical in doing that, in just having very little but glowing praise for AEW. But mm, I, I I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my bones. I, I, I'm about as excited as I almost was when we first spoke before all of the old horror settled in as I got used <laughs> to what WWE had become. No, it's fair, dude. It's Back fair. when Shinsuke Nakamura looked like he had a future there. Uh, don't, I, I, the, the only thing I will say about Shinsuke Nakamura is every time he's talked about in you know, on podcasts or, you know, by the, by, you know, people that are journalists, but do have insider knowledge, they always say, but he doesn't care because he's really happy. And that does please me. It is nice to hear somebody in wrestling being happy. It's like, you never hear that. You never hear, yeah. oh, and so-and-so is happy. So I, 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 that does always, like I say, put a smile on my face. However, by the same token, I would like to actually, I would like him to be able to make me happy too, by actually appearing on a show once in a while. I totally but, aware yeah. that that's not his fault and he has no control over that, but yeah, it, it's, man, goodness gracious, yeah, it has been a long year, however it was when we last spoke. And what did you think about Fighter Fest, just as we are, what, two days two days removed? Because I thought, yeah. the, I thought the coolest thing was with it was, is that it wasn't a blockbuster all-in 
double or nothing. Oh my gosh, let's fly into the show. We can't miss it. And instead, it was very much, I hate this term, but it's just a good way to sum it up in people's minds. It was a very good quote unquote B pay per view. However, it was a B pay per view that made perfect sense, built stories to whatever's coming next, had a great fan, uh, you know, fan interaction with fans that will, you know, are so invested and so supportive of what everyone involved with that is doing. They will boo the bad guys, cheer the good guys, do all the little things you want to do, which in my opinion does make for a better show. They will invest in stuff even when it sucks too, which I also enjoy because it means that stuff, you know, the stuff that sucks, sucks less. And by the time I got to the end of it, I was like, that hasn't affected me on the same level that these past two shows have. But again, boy, howdy, did I have a damn good time for like three and a half hours. And even that, and because of that, because it wasn't presented as a blockbuster, but I still had a Sunday feeling pretty good about how I'd chosen to spend my, you know, entertainment dollars. I just thought that was another great tick in the box for it. And some people seem down on it because I think they wanted the... They've been so hyped up about AEW. I think they expect everything to be like that. I guess a bit like when you first do some kind of hardcore drug and you're like, I need, to, I need that all the time. But I disagree. You've got to be able to, to peak when you need to peak and you've got to make sure that the... You know, the more foundation structure stuff is in place as well. And that's what Fighter Fest was to me. They proved that they could just put on a pay-per-view, make sure some people have a good time, and tell you why you should watch Fight for the Fallen in two, three, four weeks, whenever the hell it is. Yeah, it was a less consistent show in yes, terms of quality yeah. overall. But it was a very wise move because Double or Nothing had to be amazing, had to be top to bottom, as perfect as it could be and as explosive as it could be. But you can't, you can't maintain that energy. No one can. You can't keep the volume at 11 the whole way through. People will burn out. Um, impressive uh, standout moments will not stand out because they'll be against the backdrop of so much else. What they did is they took the pot off the boil and immediately followed up Double or Nothing with Fighter Fest, which was, as you say, um, We'll, we'll, we'll say with quotes around it, a B pay-per-view. Yeah, I hate that term. Cause yeah. Because that's like giving it... It's, like, it's when people go, oh, it doesn't matter that Stomping Grounds... I quite like Stomping Grounds, but as an example, is a bad one. Because it's a B pay-per-view. It's like, that doesn't give anybody a free pass. No, it's like, no. You know, it should always ridiculous. be good. Yeah, of course, of course. But, but to, to reset expectations and to take the pot off the boil uh, and to let us know that... They, they won't try and sustain the unsustainable because that level of hype for every match throughout an entire... That's never going to happen. And if they tried to maintain it, the resentment when they faltered would be immense. And it would make even a slight misstep look like a huge failure because they'd been so consistently over the top until then. So to follow up Double or Nothing with Fighter Fest was, I think, a very clever move just to get us settled down and calmed down a bit. It's like you've had the big one, now let's chill, still have some really cool stuff, but that made it stand out more, you know. Um, seeing the, the Lucha Brothers and the, the, the Young Bucks and, and everything, um, having that match be as ridiculous as it was, it stood out more because the other matches were not so over the top all of the time. And, and that was an important thing. It's, it's all about pacing. You can't keep a consistent pace if you're trying to hit a high note with every note you hit. So, yeah, um, I like that. It, it, it balanced out double or nothing. It was still really good. It wasn't bad. But they brought expectations down, which you actually have to do. Yeah, of course you do. Especially as they go into regular TV. That, well, that's the other thing. I mean, let's, let's talk about just two specific points from it, because I imagine you're going to have some interesting takes. What do you think of the chair shot? You know, we kind of know, we know more about the chair shot now that it wasn't as... I guess, 
rogue. Rogue's not the right word. It wasn't as crazy as first thought because they tried to gimmick the chair and then clearly it failed, <laughs> which happens, right? You know, you, 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 nothing is is for sure in this life. I mean, I, I took some solace from that. I still think it was a silly idea, but at least you know they weren't just like, ah, who cares? They smash each other in the head. So yeah, I, I figured even at the time that they would have at least... Because they had to know. They had to know that would be controversial and and that you cannot you cannot take a legit steel chair to the head like they used to do in the Attitude Era. It's 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 stupid. It really is. I don't want to insult anyone, but to do that is so reckless with your career and your life. Um, you can't the brain ain't for screwing with. It's not for messing about with. And 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 the thing about concussions is they don't ever go away. You've got a limited number you can take, and you shouldn't be taking any of them. The moment you take one, you've you've long term, forever hurt yourself. Exactly in some way. Yeah, it's not the risk is not worth the reward. You know, like I, I to this day, I still remember that chair shot that um, Ken Shamrock gave The Rock. You know, I remember it, and sometimes I just go and watch it because I, I think, was it as bad as I remember? Oh, it definitely, definitely was. But in no world do I ever want them to come back knowing what I know now. It's not worth anybody's exactly. health. The best thing about pro wrestling is that, and I, I would be an advocate for this, I don't think it would ever happen, is that, you know, if someone does get in some kind of serious trouble, you can just stop everything. And it doesn't really matter. Okay, you'll, you'll be, it'll upset you because you'll lose the momentum. But at least we have that kind of power. You know, we talked about UFC earlier. Sometimes people, oh, boxing too, sometimes people go too far and you don't really know straight away. In wrestling, you have the power to just say, stop it. So the fact that we can do that, the last thing I want to do is start going backwards where, yeah, we are, you know, we are twonking each other in the head with bits yeah. of metal. It's just a bad idea. Yeah, and, you know, I don't blame anyone so much in the days before concussions were taken as seriously as they were. But certainly in, in even someone like me who do, isn't ever looking to be a full-time wrestler, I want to full-time be in the business, but the actual matches is more of an event that I partake in than the norm with me. Even then, nothing scares me more in this business than the idea of, even one concussion. Oh, I know. I am it not awful. messing around with concussions. Yeah. My brain I, is very important to me. Well, that's the other thing, right? Like you said, you want to be in, in wrestling all the time, which you do, but you also want to be able to live your life all the time as well. And, you know, if you get too many concussions or you suffer from something like CTE, that will become a huge factor in you not being able to do that. And that's my thing. I think the other thing for me is as well, I know that I can enjoy Cody Rhodes versus Sean Spears, no matter what direction they go in, without that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't add yes. anything to me. That, if I really watched it and thought, oh my gosh, that's the thing that's invested me in the angle, I would still be against it, but I guess I'd have a tiny more sadistic side to be like, oh, but it was good though, wasn't it? But it's just not the case. Yes. It's not the case. Like, there is so much story to tell there, and they're such good performers anyway. There's a thousand things they can do. But anyway, again, a gimmick chair. I don't... And like, I love chair shots. I, I love a good chair shot. I've taken some. Yeah, they're fun, they're, aren't they? Isn't fun. that a weird thing to say? But yeah, they are fun. It's yeah. fun to be a victim of them, in my opinion. <laughs> but then I've got a very strange idea of what fun is. They are both of us, man. And I'm not against chair shots to the head if the arm goes up. Which, as a kid, and I feel bad about it now, as a kid, I, I used to have a, a little diminished respect for The Rock when I saw it. Because, like, <laughs> oh, the hand's gone up. Oh, what a coward. Yeah. And now I'm thinking, what a smart man. And he was, What a damn clever man. He was really smart, too, because he was one of the guys that put his hand out as well. So, really, the chair just hit his palm. I remember, I think it was Triple H used to do it, where he'd put his hand on his head. But I was still a bit like, 
Triple like, I don't think that's done anything. Whereas The Rock would physically put it out in front of him. So even if there was some kind of ricochet, the worst that could happen was his hand just, t- you know, hit his skull. So that's not bad. It's just your hand. But yeah, yeah. man, the Rock, the Rock knew, the Rock knew what he was doing. I'm convinced of this now. The Rock had a plan, and The Rock executed that plan like a damn hero. Yeah, I mean that's the that should be the model. Like if you're gonna do share shots to the head, and again, I'm not against them if they're done in the Rock. Method. Oh, no, I'm with you. I'm do it. The, do it the Dwayne way. And how do you, it's not really the same. I'll talk about that in a second, but I'd rather get your opinion first. Obviously then after that, well, a couple of matches on, after the craziness of obviously the Luchas and the Young Bucks, we get the Joey Janela-John Moxley match that we kind of touched upon earlier. Now, I am, I think you may be like me a little bit. Were you surprised? Like, I knew it was going to be bad, but it's been so long since I've seen that kind of level of, I don't want to call it violence. I think that's too much, but we'll call it violence, screw it. That level of violence on mainstream <laughs> American wrestling yeah, I mean, it was no CZW, but it was still... I've not seen... Bar- I wasn't expecting Barbed Wire. No, not... I was like, not yeah. expecting to see our old friend Barbara again. <laughs> no, not to that. I can't even remember the last time I saw it with that much... You know, the, you know, seeing Joey Janela physically rip it out of the backs of, of Dean Ambrose, I was like, I can't even remember the last time I saw that. I was so used to sort of WWE gimmicks Barbed Wire. That to see that, I was like, oh my fucking goodness me, that, that's horrendous. It's it's weird because when I was younger, I used to love that stuff. You know, a huge Mick Foley fan. Um, one of the, I, I mentioned I met him. It's, I'm never starstruck, but I was that that day. The guy's a hero. Um, and, and I used to love his stuff, and I, I still do. Uh, and I, I used to find a, a real grim fascination with things like like proper death matches and stuff. But as I've gotten older and I've gotten more intimately acquainted with the idea of things like chronic pain and, and stuff like that, um, as I've grown more aware of the fact that I am a mortal human being who will die one day, um, certainly my love of it has diminished, um, replaced with a bit more abject horror. But it was nostalgic to see, and I am glad they did it. And and I am... I'll say this. I do not intend to ever be in... A, I would never... I'm physically incapable of ever being in a five-star match, in a... In a even a... Possibly even a truly good wrestling match. Entertaining, I can... I, I'm, I've already done. Good. On a, on a classic, you know... A, a, a wrestling critic will like this way, no. But I want just one match like that. I want to be in one match where, even if Barbed Wire is involved, I want I want a real. This is kicking the shit out of me, unsanctioned level match. Would you really? So I don't know if I do. I, I think I'm too I much of a coward. Go, I don't want to go CZW with it. If light tubes come out, I will go home. Uh, I have a limit on it. I'm not messing around with glass. I'm not messing around with, yeah, light tubes or anything like that, or nails. Um, but the level that they've had so far in AEW, I could do that. I, 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 t- I tend to have a really high pain threshold. Um, it's just things that will actually make me feel sick, such as glass. That's the issue I have. I will feel queasy at that. Actual taking a, a beating, I want to be in one at least one match like that. Um, 
just because I know my own limits having done this now and I, I, I know what I can handle, I could handle that. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I wouldn't ever do what David Arquette tried to do. That was ill advised. Did, 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 did he try and do that? I don't know if oh, he, he did. Who knows, he man? Like, took part in a death match and it it went ill for him. Oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, I don't think he meant to go that. Far. To me, it just felt like it got out of control in the middle. Like Nick Cage just went. Oh, that whole thing was just. Oh my gosh. I I, I think it's when I watch stuff like that. Oh yeah, that to me was far harder to watch than the main event of Fighter Fest. That was like that was like watching somebody almost die in the middle of the ring. Exactly. <laughs> That's what yeah, it felt like, like to me. I don't want to see people get sliced. I don't want to see them get full on stabbed. Yeah, yeah, no way. My limit is probably, you know, I'll watch someone get pulled out of some barbed wire. And even then I'm going to shudder a little. It's the thumbtacks that get me more than the barbed wire, actually. Uh, I was tweeting some of my reactions and halfway through, you can actually see the moment where it happened because I start tweeting, I always shudder a bit when I see thumbtacks and then suddenly in all caps, oh no, don't take his boots and sucks off. <laughs> that yeah. made me squick. That was... Uh, I, I, of course, because it's, it's weird, isn't it? Really, getting your back slammed into it in theory, should be worse. But because we've seen it so much, and because the back is like quite a big chunk of human, you know, when someone does it on the feet, which again is different, and the feet are so sensitive too, like the skin's all squidgy. Yeah. Oh, honestly, it I was I think what horrendous. makes it worse is trying to imagine barbed wire to the back is something of an abstract concept for most of us. We've all trodden on something. Yeah, it's so that's such a good point, yeah. The, 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 there was empathy there. I've, I've, I've stood on a nail. It went through the bloody foot. It was <laughs> awful. That's one. That's We've one all trodden on Lego or pins yeah, glass or, or sharp yeah. things. Yeah. Um, so to see that, that was like, oh, that I can feel. And then all I ever think about when I see thumbtacks come out. And again, I, I think I'd roll, not all the time, but I think once or twice in my career, I would be willing to roll with thumbtacks. But the bit that scares me more than going into them is having to take them out. Honestly. That's all I think about is someone has to stand there, presumably while another person, for a lot of them, has to walk around you, popping them out. Yeah. I, I, I was talking to David Starr about this the other day, uh, who's an independent... I'm sure most people know he's an independent wrestler, in case people don't know. And I, I thought, I have the opportunity to ask this. So I just said to him, do you just get someone to pick them out? And he went, yeah. <laughs> you just like, Just hearing that... I don't know. I mean, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. But at the same time, I, I don't know. I think I'd have to be paid a lot of money and be told the best story in the world. Like Literally, this, you know, this is the best story in the world. And when I hear it, I'm like, well, I can't not be involved in that. You know, this is like life-changing stuff. And then I think about it. <laughs> then I go away yeah. and think about it. But I do That's know, what you know, well. like, what you mean. I, I wouldn't do it gratuitously. Yeah, there would yeah. have to be a damn good story reason for it. Um there is one idea in my mind for a, an angle I want to do that would end in an I Quit match that would, I think, be booked in a way you hadn't seen one before. If that opportunity ever came up, I would take it, easily mm. take it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, you've got to know your limits. Certainly, if I tried to do that more than once in a row, I would be dead. Um, <laughs> but one hopes these guys know their limits. And, and like I said, I'm sure Cody is not stupid. Um, when it came to that chair shot, I'm sure they took measures. Um, and, you know, he tried to shoulder some of it, literally tried to shoulder some of it um, with this, the way it was sideways. But we let's not play too much in that water. 
No, um, I, I agree. And I think yeah. that ties into the main event as well. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, AEW is going to be there. They're not going to do that on TV. A, they wouldn't be able to get away with it. And B, it just makes so much sense to say that stuff for, for pay-per-view. Another criticism I did I did see, and I don't agree with this one at all, is that some people were saying like, well, it was good, but it was a bit stupid because there was no build-up. You know, what, surely we needed some kind of story. And this should be the blow-off. And if it had been any other company, I would have gone, yes. But right now, AEW is still, it's still window shopping. Do you know what I mean? They are trying mm-hmm. to let you know, the this is how far we are going to take things and this is how we're going to structure things. And the only way they can do that right now is by presenting it in a wrestling context. Context. So I like that they did that. I liked it because now I know, okay, on the odd pay-per-view, I'm going to get deathmatch wrestling on AEW. I know 100% I'm not getting that on WWE. So to know yeah. I, you know, to know that, that's how I see any other company. Again, it was a savvy move. It was, yeah, it I was think demonstrating. So. It was showing the audience. I mean, essentially what they're doing with these shows right now is giving us a slice of everything to let us know what to expect. Mm. No, yeah, no, totally. And I, I thought it was, I thought it was, yeah. I just thought it was really well done. I did. It was top important to, to build Moxley as well because I think they even said on the show, like, if you haven't seen John Moxley as John Moxley, you're gonna see it, and that that was an important thing to let us know that everything he that people knew him for as Dean Ambrose, that's not what he's about as John Moxley. It's the greatest change ever. The thing I love about it the most is most people leave WWE and they would have called themselves like Lean Mambros, just so just so people know who they are. Dean Ambrose not only goes back to John Moxley, which I understand was his name before he went in, but not I don't think the, the vast majority of WWE fans know that. So not only does he go back to that name, but he also is just a completely different person, be it the way he cuts promos or matches where, yeah, he gets thrown into barbed wire boards. It's just... No wonder he felt so suffocated. Regardless where anybody falls down that argument, there is no wonder that human being, that individual, felt so suffocated in WWE. This is a guy that wants to run amok. And if you don't let him do that, this is what he wants to do. Like You, you could see when he took that bow over the side of the apron, was like, there is no way this isn't the best moment of his life right now. It is. He's just crazy, but in the best possible yeah. way. You can just see it in every little mannerism. You can tell when a wrestler feels alive. Yeah, it's true. When when they know that they are doing exactly what they want to do, what they need to do. And that's the image I have of John Moxley so far is he's exactly where he wanted to be, where he was desperate to be for years. And I I can only imagine that level of release. It must be amazing to because, I mean, he was basically just a S.H.I.E.L.D. guy in WWE by the end of it. He was the S.H.I.E.L.D. guy. And now he is... Well, I still think after that as well, I think he's tra- he's done so much different stuff, you know, be it the, the it running a, a, to Double or Nothing, to the New Japan stuff, to now this. He still feels like the hottest thing in wrestling to me. That bubble hasn't burst yet because he hasn't fallen into a pan. It will come, as it does with everybody. But he absolutely feels like the coolest, the hottest, and the thing that I'm most excited to see in wrestling right now. It's just... It, it, it's, it's, it, it's wonderful. He is the man that has kind he hasn't made all this possible but the situation he found himself in being able to leave wwe at exactly the right time to debut in aew which is almost like fate in many ways whether you believe in that or not who knows but that has it lit such a fire under all of this and gave such a reason for people you know wwe fans to check out aew if they weren't planning otherwise that yeah everything's just going right everything's just going right i i'm just i couldn't be happier right now as a wrestling fan i just couldn't yeah it's a long road ahead, you know. It's going to be a long time before anything happens as close to, to explosive as the Monday Night Wars or oh, anything yeah, like definitely, that. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. 
AEW's got a long, hard road ahead, but they could not have set off on the journey on a better foot. Yeah, no, I think that's the best way to put it. And, you know, it's why when people go, oh, it'll be dead in a month, I, I'm going to enjoy it for four weeks then. That's how I look at it. I, that's right, that, it, just yeah. enjoy it while you can. Like, yeah. Hopefully it lasts forever. Hopefully it's the beginning of a of a new dynasty in wrestling. And it's what I want more than anything in the world. Not just for the competition. I just want something that feels like it speaks to me, which WWE is... It Well, we all know it speaks to one individual. Um, a man so far removed from the rest of civilization that, that he's practically an alien. Um, and, and I don't just say that because he's a bit... Mm. but he's also a billionaire and billionaires are, are very different from the rest of us. Uh, they live in very different worlds. And if you're making a product for the satisfaction of a single billionaire, it's going to be weird. I mean, And it almost looks like WWE sometimes was made by aliens who have seen television programs and tried to make their own. And I think that's a function not just of Vince McMahon as a man being out of touch, but people, people like that, born into that much um, privilege and not that much not having to worry about the things that we worry about as people, to the point where the guy doesn't watch other promotions, he doesn't watch other media. It's not just wrestling. He he only. Seen like the stories paint him as a guy who only watches WWE and that's his whole entertainment as well as his work. That's no wonder the product is the way it is. Yeah, right, right, it's right. so myopic, it's so blinkered, it's I, so can't see the forest for the trees. Mm, no, that's it. Well, well let's, let's talk about it because you know it's come up so naturally as well. Obviously, four days ago, three days ago, whenever the hell it was, we found out that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are being worked back into, into things. Yeah. Well, just do. Just give me a take. There's no even point going over. Everyone knows what the deal is. I mean, a. What did you think when you first heard it? And I mean, with a pinch of salt, obviously. Let's say they are going to have some leeway. That is a whole question in it in and of itself. But let's say that they are going to be able to have some influence over Vince McMahon. What do you actually think they can achieve? Because I like it from an intrigue point of view, but I have no idea what the end result is going to be. I have no clue whatsoever. I, I've got mixed feelings, definitely. And I, I, I don't want to express anything that would sound inherently disrespectful to Paul Heyman or Eric Bischoff. But first and foremost, it looks like a desperation move. And it looks like a move based more in optics than practicality. It looks good that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are coming back because, oh, remember the Attitude Era? Oh, great. But when I juxtapose that against AEW, like look, look who's running the show at AEW. We've got, you know, the Bucks. We've got, we've got the whole elite. We've got Kenny Omega, the Bucks, uh, Brandy, uh, Cody. They're younger people. They're closer to where the culture is right now. They've got more energy. They've got their ear to the ground. They're, they're on social media all the time. They're directly engaging with people. They're plugged in. Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman have had excellent minds for the time period they were in. And they still have great minds. Paul Heyman is still an incredible... Um, he's still incredible at getting people excited for things. He still knows how 
things work, how the business works. But they were in their prime in the late 90s. That, that, the mid to late 90s was when they ruled. Ultimately, what Vince McMahon has done is brought in more old blood to suffuse his own old blood. He's not brought new blood in. That is what would excite me, is actual new blood. And that's not to say I'm not intrigued and interested. Um, I have a fondness for Eric Bischoff. I, everything about him oozes snake, but it's so charmingly serpentine that <laughs> and certainly as an on-air talent i've always loved him because he's such a shit eater it's brilliant um and and that's what that would excite me that the prospect that we may see eric bischoff on tv again because he's such a good He's such a good asshole. He is. He's a great performer. It's like, a he delight really is. to see. Yeah. He absolutely is. And, and and I would certainly be interested in seeing an on-air rivalry between Heyman and Bischoff. That clash with them using their shows as the battlegrounds, that could be very cool. But, like I say, I, I, I'm not against it. I'm not saying it won't work. I'm just saying that it's... It doesn't excite me as much as it may have excited others just because it's ultimately an old dude who's brought in other older dudes, you know, mm. who who like Vince McMahon. <laughs> were, that is true, yeah. Were firing on all cylinders a long time ago. And that's not to say they've lost it, but it is to say that if you look at uh, other promotions right now, you know, they're being run by people in their prime. And it's going to be hard to counter that, at least in terms of quality. Yeah, I th that, that was something I saw a lot. Like I saw Chris Smallman's name, who's the progress guy for people that don't know. His name got thrown around a lot. I think the issue that WWE has is they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. If you get Jim Smallman and all the you know internet crazy people go, who? Who? <laughs> it's like, but you, you bring back the two guys, everyone realizes like, oh, I, it is. It but is isn't that the problem? If you're trying to bring in someone to make your creative side better, you shouldn't need to worry about what the audience thinks. They shouldn't even know or care if they're doing their job correctly. That's why, again, I, th I feel like it was done more for optics than anyone else. And the fact it was done so suddenly to the point where there were reports that other higher-ups were blindsided by this, that's no way to run a business. No. You don't confuse and baffle your own executives. No, I mean, that, 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 this is the thing. You mentioned something really interesting earlier, which is a phrase that's been used a lot. When people have gone, it's a move of desperation or, you know, uh, Vince's back is against the wall. And really the answer to that is yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, the people are saying it like, not you, I mean, the, the general public are saying it like with an eye roll. And I'm like, no, 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 that you're 100% correct. This and, and is a back is, against the wall move. And we don't have to include AEW in that. His back is against the wall, whether they're here or not. Oh, yeah, I don't think he cares about them. I think he's, no. I think he is intrigued and maybe a bit apprehensive. <laughs> the rise of Shane O'Mac dis displays that he doesn't care about AEW. If right, that's his response. Right, but what he does care about is low attendances, is low ratings, is low merchandise overheads. Yeah, that's what has caused this. A hundred percent, that is what has caused this. And a lot of people have argued that. WWE doesn't have to care because they've got those massive TV deals. They've got all of that money. They've got the Saudi blood money, in my opinion. Um, and that is true. On a financial level right now, they, they kind of don't have to care. But 
it's still a business and business is still dominated by marketing and PR and it's such a bad look right now for them. And it's going to, it has the potential to impact future deals or make networks regret what they've done and start burying them at, like, you know, maybe starting to air the shows in graveyard slots if they start doing badly enough. They'll need that premium primetime TV slots for things that actually generate viewers and make ad money. Um, so regardless of how much money those TV deals had uh, made WWE, they still have to deliver on their end of the bargain. So, yeah, his back is against the wall if by nothing else, by WWE itself. The product itself is backing him into a corner because he's got to wrangle that mess of a beast. And and I, I fear that, that he's going about it the wrong way by essentially putting newspaper down on the cat piss. He's not fixing the problems. He's wallpapering over them mm. with things that look good. And they hope and, will work, yeah. Yeah, he, he's working on aesthetic changes. Uh, things that look and sound fun, but they haven't fixed their execution of things, so they falter. Um, like this, this idea he had about wrestling not being in and not taking place during ad breaks. Oh, because, I hate it! I hate it so other much. Sports do it. Like, don't don't worry about what other people <laughs> are doing, Vinny. <laughs> worry about yourself. Yeah, you're the one in trouble. I know. Also, yeah, I that just... honestly might finally stop me watching it. I. I I'm still watching WWE. I don't watch. Uh, I'm not on the network anymore. The Saudi thing killed that for me. Yeah, um, you're not alone. Killed my, friend. my. You're not yeah, alone. Killed my interest in giving them money anymore. Um, and the thing that sealed the deal there was after Saudi, they kept saying on the show, like we're in Orwell's 1984. The WWE is the only sports entertainment product that's cult cross cultural and around the world, including Saudi. I'm like, piss off, you propagandists. That that ensured I will never give them money again. Um, but I do still watch the Hulu edits, and not to sound like I'm sucking up, but primarily I watch them now just so I can better enjoy ups and downs and Ross Trudell's <laughs> WTF moments. I'll take it. It's so that I'll I can enjoy it. y'all's shows. Um, because, because, yeah, like obviously Sh- Shana Mac is killing it for me, and this trying to contrive a reason to restart matches it makes you wonder how long are they how long can you keep that up because they're already they they were two shows in and struggling yeah and what, struggling to find reasons and what was you know what, what were they even th- why is that a priority too why is that what's being discussed in the meetings and not what we're going to do with this guy or that girl or this title why on earth are we going well i think we need to figure out this advert problem imagine that imagine you just walked into a you'd be like what are you talking about what advert problem there is no advert problem right now. Okay, you don't go to them at the best times, but that's not an issue. You can easily get around that. And yet here we are kind of skirting ourselves into in, in, into corners that don't need to be skirted into. It's yeah. really, it, it's, really strange. It's like watching someone rush into a burning building and coming out with a chair while their daughter's still inside. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why did you get that? Yeah, Clearly, what was the point? And I've seen this happen in a lot of businesses over the years where they just fix the wrong problem or they invent new problems so that they don't think about the the actual problems. And, and no one was worried about ad breaks in matches. No one was worried about it. No, it was just an aside that every now and then people went, isn't it dumb how they always go to a, a, a an advert after a suicide dive? And then people yeah. would go, yes, it, it is. It was the structure, yes. <laughs> yeah. I had an issue with the fact that 
commentary was so scripted and stilted and exactly. unbelievable and yeah. people not talking the way that humans talk that you could tell 10 seconds before a commercial break aired that it was airing because the tone of Michael Cole's voice would entirely change. Exactly. And so it made the whole thing look so fake. Um, that was the issue. That was the issue. And, and I've got this dread feeling, especially when they started trying to make a hashtag out of two out of three falls as if it was the most exciting step in the world. I have a feeling they're trying to make it the new normal and they're going to try and brute force it. The way Vince McMahon brute forces everything in that product to the point where in, in his mind a year from now, two out of three falls is just how a wrestling match is. Oh man, I, I, I would hate that so much. Wrestling I think is... that's what they're trying to perhaps push for, where but... that's a normal match. That's what wrestling match... The way, the way that wrestling belts aren't called belts or wrestling is <laughs> or it's called sports entertainment, people are called superstars. He's going to try and rebrand what a wrestling match is as a two out of three falls match because that's what he does. He... This is the guy that slapped a brand name on his own audience just to let them know he owns them as well. That's what the WWE universe is. It's it's a, a power play by the product saying we own you, you owe us, um, and and I have. That's what it look. That's where it looks like it's headed. No. The normalization of two out of three falls as the standard wrestling match format. That's the thing that really you just said it there is that wrestling is hard enough to explain to people anyway without then having to go. So the basics in WWE are it's two out of three falls. Why? For commercial breaks. Excuse me. And then they'll be watching, going, "What's a WWE universe?" You're like, oh man, just don't watch. Just don't. Just, just do me a favor. Don't watch. You make my life a lot easier. Yeah. That's. I, I, cringed when i came back after that break and found out that they started calling them the universe i i cringe every time it's as if ww would ever be interested in me absolutely not but even if they ever brought me in as a manager or something one day i could i i couldn't agree to it because i could not say that i could not say wwe universe i'd struggle to say superstars instead of wrestlers see it's weird i don't mind superstars and i think it's because i was brought up on it as a kid right is that classic that's what thing? he's they, going for yeah, they got into that's my brain yeah you're right they got into my brain when i was impressionable and now because i've grown up with it i just accept it whereas universe came later but i bet there are kid fans are like yeah of course with the w universe what are you even talking about man what's the problem superstars has been grandfathered in uh 10 years from now universe will be the norm uh, that's what he does. He just forces it until it's a thing. And because he has 100% control over that product, it will become a thing eventually. And he could do that. I'm not saying it would definitely happen, but it just looks like he's trying to completely reinvent the format of a wrestling match, which is uh, two out of three falls is supposed to be a feud blow off. And oh, absolutely. Already yeah. they've ruined that. It no longer is that. And my, I hate how it has a knock-on effect on other shows as well because WWE is so mainstream, it sets the standard. What does a two out of three falls matter in an AEW show now? Not a lot. It's killed the, it's killed the stip yeah, already. No. And we've only had two shows of it. I think it was just two. <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't, I, yeah, I think it's... Yeah, who knows? Probably, maybe. Everything feels like an uh, eternity. Yeah, no, it's true. And I, I, my big hope, and I know I'm an eternal optimist, but my big hope is that uh, for whatever reason, that the hires of Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are hopefully a change in 
intact away from all this from all this nonsense and we realize that we need good storylines first and foremost again this is based on nothing here and i really should start believing in the boy who cried wolf <laughs> that's what i should start doing but i i always try and look on the bright side so i, I am hoping that, that that is what we're heading towards but there I is mean, no- one hopes but we we do still have to keep in mind just to just so we don't hold our breath is they do still ultimately answer to vince and Heyman already didn't he not leave um as as a creative before because oh yeah twice he was so constrained yeah twice he twice and the second time it was so bad the falling out not only were vince mcmahon and paul Heyman happy to just go yep paul Heyman thought it will never ha- i'll never be back in wrestling because obviously that's when wwe was the only game in town and he thought it was such a bad fallout i will never come back that how crazy is that how, and, and now here we are in 2019 and not only are we not doing that but yeah, I mean, well, who knows how much say he's going to have? So yeah, it's it's definitely a a fragile situation, I think, to say the least. I think it's it's it's. But I think what I like from a fan's point of view is, as we sit here right now, Raw's going to start in eight hours, whenever the hell it is. What I do like is I've just come off AEW, as we've talked about, and going into Raw, at least there is just a. It will change in twenty four hours. Don't get me wrong, but at least there is a spot of hope right now. There's a teeny tiny spot. You know, things have changed. And I hope that the that the change continues. What do you think about the top of WWE right now? Like, you know, your Seth Rollins is... Talk about shame, man. It's true. Your Roman Reigns. <laughs> I mean, because really, on paper... If you want to talk about the top of WWE, I mean, there's no one's booked stronger than Shane O'Mac. And I, tell, I, think, I tell you, my big, I, I, I dream about this nightmare. It's, what's going to happen is Shane O'Mac is going to somehow win the... Maybe not, and this is why I'm, I'm happy about all the changes. I'm hoping this will shift as well. But I, I'm convinced that the plan at some point was... COVID Kingston loses the WWE Championship to Shane McMahon, who we can do so because he has Drew McIntyre by his side. And while I don't think Drew is used properly at all, he's still Drew McIntyre. Looks like he could kill you. And then Roman Reigns wins the belt of Shane and Maka SummerSlam. That's the only st- that's the only way I could justify everything that was happening. I don't want that to happen for the record, but that is the no. only way I could think that's the only story that makes sense. And then it justifies why we've done all of this stuff. Now I don't know so much because it all got confusing. But yeah, I, 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 I don't get it. Shed some light on it for me, Jim. Please, you tell me. <laughs> I was going to ask you. I don't know. Oh, and it happened yeah, from nowhere. I, it happened from nowhere. Yeah. All of a sudden, it was like, wait, what? Why does this keep happening? Yeah, it was like the best in the world thing was cute for like a week or two. But then it's almost like it, it looks like they believe it. And, and I think <laughs> here's what I think the problem is. And this is something I've had to learn. Um, as I've been, you know, working indie stuff, is sometimes it can be difficult to tell the difference between heel heat and um, what I personally call cold heat, um, which is, you know, the go-away heat, um, because they're booing either way. And you've got to try and separate the good boos from the bad boos. And because it's negative feedback, that's really hard to do. And there's often this issue I find in wrestling, and I've had arguments with other people in the business over it, this idea of it worked. Uh, For example, uh, SummerSlam, Braun Strowman destroyed Kevin Owens so that he could be lied about in the main event. (laughs) So that he could be lied about as um, challenging for the title. And it turned out that that was bollocks. He didn't really get involved. It worked on paper, it worked. It tricked us. Well done. We were fooled. <laughs> now what? Because now I'm feeling resentful. I was startled and surprised. But is that enough on its own? No, there needs to be a follow through. And there's not. 
Here's the thing about Shane McMahon. He is the top heel in the company. People hate him. It works. On paper, it works. But now what? Because now people are chanting, no more Shane. Now there's a hashtag, no more Shane. It's crossed over. But I think in, in certainly in Vince's mind, he's still thinking, well, if they hate it, I'm still, we're still being a heel, so it still works. Any attention, positive or negative, is, is attention, therefore it's good. All publicity is good publicity. Um, and that can be an issue, especially when it comes to heels. Because, sure, you could go out in the middle of a promotion and start hurling racial slurs at the audience. Yeah, you'll get booed. They'll boo. Mm. You'll be a heel. Yeah. But no. the promotion will have to deal with the fallout. Yeah. I learned that my very first night. I learned that my first night in Gimmick in the Ring when I yelled shut your goddamn mouths to a group of kids in Mississippi. <laughs> when Jeff Cobb performed with us um, later that year, he got less heat for yelling shit before taking a German suplex because it's Mississippi. Even as a heel, I can't... I've got to be careful. And they do push me doing a bit of blasphemous stuff just for the good heel heat, but you got to get the good heel heat. Hint, don't don't just yell blasphemous um, words at the crowd in Mississippi because it's going to bring heat on the promotion, not the wrestler. Yeah, there it is, dude. That's the one, right? That's the one that's right it. there. It's People are not booing Shane McMahon. They are booing WWE. He's a vessel for it, the same way they try and use Baron Corbin as a vessel and the blame for it. Um that, that offended me more than anything else when they blamed Baron Corbin for the ratings being low. I'm like, own your shit, you cowards. It wasn't Baron's fault. And I, I quite like Baron, but they're still using him in a way that is bringing heat to the company, not heat to him. And that's a misuse of talent. And it's a misuse of Shane, who, who does have his talents. Oh, I like Odyssey. Who is a good promo, who can be a good heel. Who has a role in that company as well. This is the thing that I think people have... Especially because I, I like to, you know, muck around with it on ups and downs and stuff. But everyone's like, oh, Miller, Miller hates Shane McMahon. I'm like, you know what? I don't actually hate Shane McMahon that much. I hate how they're using him. Because it's That's not, it. Yeah, because there is a way to make, you know, to make this quite fun. But we have gone the opposite way to the point where, for whatever, <laughs> for whatever reason, he is involved in everything. And I stand by it. My comparison always was, and I understand there's a... Uh, that you have lesser degrees with it. Of course, there's lesser degrees to it. But even if we had done this with Stone Cold Steve Austin in the Attitude Era, I'm saying eventually everybody would have got bored of it. I don't mean in the same way we use. If Steve Austin was on the same, it was on the screen in the Attitude Era as much as Shane McMahon was now, everybody would have been cool with it. But if you take that character and you have two hours of Raw with just Steve Austin, eventually people are going, "I would like to see somebody else." Yeah. And that my point being is that with Shane McMahon, we are way over wherever that line is. And how? Nobody involved can go, including Shane McMahon, can go, wait a minute, because we do that. I know that. I mean, it's different on YouTube and stuff because it expects a, a, a daily upload. And, you know, most people are subscribed to channels of people's names. So if you click on someone's video and go, I can't believe it's, you know, they, what are you doing? That's your fault, you moron. However... Yeah. Even I know in the past, I'm like, Millie, you done well. you got to stop making videos for a bit. Like, you're too, you're, even you're, you're pissing yourself off. So everyone has to have that self-awareness. But that self-awareness just vanished. And here we were with Shane McMahon. And not yeah. only- You need a break. We, we talked earlier about you can't keep up. Um, you can't sustain certain levels of excitement. And the same can be said for Heal Heat. You cannot sustain it. Um, I was terrified when they were booking my character so strongly in Pro Wrestling Ego for a while because I'm like- 
I need to get hit. They were doing a whole thing of teasing, like having me narrowly avoid physical altercations um, so that when I finally got hit, uh, it would be amazing. Um, and I was, you know, they, they worked it really well and the blow off was really well, but I was scared for a while because I'm like, someone's got to punch me, please. <laughs> so that the audience can have that release. Yeah. They need, the pot needs to come off the boil, as I said earlier, in, in terms of negative feedback as well as positive. Um, and it got to the point where finally, it, and it ended up unscripted, a, a guy called Wes Warren, who's a very talented young guy, um, slapped me in the face. And it came to a surprise to me, but the moment I hit the floor, and I actually fell to the floor because I was totally surprised by it, I hit the floor and thought, yes, that, that was needed. Because, it, it, you know, it, it's, you've got this ball filling with air. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. If you pop it at the right time, it explodes. If you leave it too long, it ruptures and farts and deflates. Yeah. And right now, that is, that is Shane, not Shane McMahon the person, that is best in the world Shane McMahon is a ruptured fart. <laughs> Just deflating. <laughs> it was, it was, I, and I pinpoint when it happened. It was, it was beating Miz the second time. Oh, I know. It's so surprising, wasn't it? And I know he did it by escaping from a t-shirt. I mean, make of that what you will. But it was the... Why, 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 why are we going against even boring? I call it boring booking. Boring booking's fine sometimes because it's you know that's just what we do. Like, yeah, it's just what we do. But we're just trying to get through to whatever's next. And yet we didn't do that either. We went no, we'll go the complete opposite way for no apparent reason. I, I don't forget that Drew McIntyre lost to Roman Reigns and Shane McMahon beat him as well. Don't don't forget that. I just just throwing that out there. I mean, there's that. That was the. That's when I went from being angry to just bitterly laughing <laughs> now it's it's I, I, i've got that the, the bile fascination the, the the unable to look away from a train wreck where i'm just like where are they gonna go with him next and maybe again in their minds they think that's working but they are getting people watching for the wrong reasons and turning so many more away than the people who are just morbidly watching out of curiosity um that's where i'm at it's just where can they take Shane next to infuriate and baffle? Uh, but I'm I'm in a minority because so many people are turning away. And it's not all Shane's fault. And it's it's not any one thing's fault. Shane is but a symptom of a way larger problem. But oh God, they they if they if they're not gonna, they certainly was at some point gonna put that belt on him, weren't they? You can just tell. As you said, oh, where yeah. else could it lead? Why else were they doing all this stuff with Roman? I mean, it, it, I, I don't know, but it's the only thing that I could possibly think of. And I don't understand. I still don't understand it. And like I say, I am one of the most positive people when it comes to wrestling, but I'm not a mug. <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not an idiot. Even I can go, this does not work at all. And yeah. we should stop doing it because and it's I'm just a not big fun. Fan. I'm a big fan of, of you know, weaker wrestlers or non-wrestlers or um guys who are limited and it's known they're limited um but they win through really cheap methods obviously that's a big deal of my own gimmick i'd be a hypocrite if i said i didn't like it and even when people complain about things like um uh, owners getting the belts like when vince got the world title and, and vince russo got the wcw title not a, an owner but you know head booker um, yeah, yeah people in charge in some fashion maybe yeah. they shouldn't have the world title but i'm not against them holding belts for a bit if it's done cheaply and it's done in a way that eventually makes their loss mean something um you know i ended up as a, a tag team champion in in my home promotion uh through a really cheap method and when they were lost 
people exploded and it put over the 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 guys who won um tremendously and, and so long as it serves a purpose but but there's no purpose now worth what was done with shane um if he wins the belt now no way him holding the tag belts him getting something like the united states title would have been good but the moment he buried the miz and he was buried i don't know why they've done i don't know what the miz has done wrong i do he's too good at what he does maybe and as soon as he was too yeah. good at what he does somebody backstage went we could have him do whatever and he's still gonna be the miss <laughs> so that's what happened they're like we that's could have true. him lose all the time and who cares because he's the miss it's like no no damn it like <laughs> stop it talking of losing all the time um i wanted to bring this up to you because you you do the sammy counter on ups and downs <laughs> yeah, I, I do, so where I... you chart where sammy Zayn takes the pinfall or loses um I don't think he's won a match since he's returned. No, is outside that... of the, the the tag match, which he of course didn't get the the pinfall victory for. I think he's only ever been pinned, including his big comeback match. He lost that. You're right, he did, and he, he hasn't did. won since. How? How is that just such? I didn't even think about that, dude. That's such a good point. Yeah, again, it's a testament to the guy's ability that he's still over as a heel. He is one of the best heels they have he is so brilliantly annoying and not not just like i don't want to watch the him on tv annoying it's just i love seeing what a troll he is um it's a, he's got a, a level of charisma that is allowing him to survive it in the same way the miz has but it is you do that too much i mean look how much charisma bray wyatt has and well up until the firefly funhouse he was where Drew McIntyre is right now. Right, dude. Well, that's where the, you don't believe them. That's the perfect segue as well, because that's where I was going to go next. As I got to talk, before, before we start wrapping up, I got to talk to Jim about the Firefly Funhouse. Because, <laughs> because no, seriously, because to me, uh, and if, I'm, I'm sure most people listening know Jim's work. If you haven't, just go check out his YouTube channel. Search for Jim Sterling. You're in for a treat. But obviously, we've already talked about it. You're very character-driven. You understand wrestling. You work into your video game stuff. And Bray Wyatt, without a shadow of a doubt, is a guy that is somehow has managed to put himself in a position where he is allowed to still do that as opposed to anybody else. I, mean, I want two things, really. One, what did you think when you first saw it? Because I'll admit, when I first saw it, which was on a tweet that somebody had sent me when I woke up on a Tuesday morning, I went, what the fuck? What the fuck? However, when I finally got the context of it, I was like, it's my favorite thing we've done in years. Going back to our conversation at the start of this, because wrestling does allow you to basically do whatever you want as long as everybody involved in greed. So you couldn't have got this anywhere else. But what, honestly, when we decided we were going to do one of these because we haven't done them in so long, I thought, well, I've got to talk to Jim about Bray Wyatt. And surely he is going to love it. I mean, it was my guess, but I don't know because some people that I thought would love it turned around and went, nah, I don't get it. Um... I think I saw it the same way, like a tweet or a video thumbnail or something. And the moment I saw it, I thought, this looks exactly like what I want to see someone do. Yeah. And it was. <laughs> and Bray Wyatt has a very, very particular, judicious head for this business. You can tell the way he does everything. He knows what the business is and he knows how to subvert it. And that's, he's always been subversive. And I think it's very telling that he's taken so many cues from Waylon Mercy, who was ahead of his time as a character. It's that kind of thing. And, and I'm a big fan of subversive stuff. Um, I had a, a, an entrance theme I was rolling with this year before I, I 
come back with my new the stuff I've been working on was a song called the dismemberment song which is this like show tune sounds like it could be in a musical but the lyrics are about literally dismembering someone um and it's just not something you hear among all the other wrestlers with their rock music and their you know their the the really energetic stuff so one thing that always attracted me to the Bray Wyatt character was his music it's unlike anything you hear when he comes out, when you just hear that catching flag. It's just, you don't hear something like that. And this guy comes out slowly with this lamp, um, especially in the modern WWE. He's a guy who can see what everyone else is doing and knows to do something that isn't that. And seeing him get full reign to do this with the Firefly Funhouse, bringing in... Um, stuff that, that, I mean, Matt Hardy's another one who does this, um, who knows what wrestling is so well that he knows how to subvert it really well as well. Yeah, that's so true. Um, so that's such a good comparison. And that's it. In order to, in order to be subversive, in order to um, blow expectations away and to be different, you've got to still know the basics, maybe better than anyone else. Um, I've always said this about sports something like Spinal Tap, in order for Spinal Tap to work, you still have to really know and love music. You can't just do bad band for a giggle. Yeah, because the, the, uh, the references will go over your head. Yeah, and the yeah. music will be unlistenable. Exactly. The yeah, thing about exactly. Spinal Tap is it's still really listenable music. It's oh, quite yeah, unquote bad music for a joke. But I, I, I'll listen to some Spinal Tap casually outside of the, the film and everything and the, the shows because it's still really good. But it's, it's over the top and camp and silly. And that's how Bray Wyatt works is he's still really, he's still got such a great head for the business. And that's why the Firefly Funhouse is working. And again, it's, it's clearly not coming from Vince. Um, you know, we've already heard that Bray has full reign because it's plugged in. It, it knows what people want. He knows what's going to become a GIF. He knows what Twitter's going to talk about. Um and he brings in elements. And again, this is where it would behoove people like Vince to watch other things that aren't just his own product. Clearly, Bray Wyatt's seen Tim and Eric. The Muscle oh, yeah, Man definitely, dance definitely. would... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the Muscle Man dance should be on Channel Cinco or something. Um, and he layers that that dark tone throughout it. Um, I think it's brilliant. I think it it, it is... To say it's the best thing on, on Raw is to undermine how good it is because... Almost anything could be the best thing on Raw if it wasn't <laughs> coming from, you know, the tried and true, quote-unquote, creative departments. Um, but it is, I mean, it is literally the best thing on, on, in WWE, as far as I'm concerned. And, and I, I am, I'm so happy that it's being built the way it has. That we're now at the point where when we're not seeing a Firefly Funhouse, we're seeing the puppets in the background. It's a level of subtlety that wrestling is not known for. And that's been Bray Wyatt throughout his whole tenure on the main roster is subtle, which is part of the reason why I think he, like creative have struggled with him in the past because they don't know what to do with someone that subtle. And hopefully the, the hopefully Bray Wyatt continues to have full reign. Hopefully we don't get to a point, I'm not holding my breath, where Vince <laughs> looks at it and is like, that's such good shit, but I can make it better. And decides he needs a slice of that action because woe betide anyone 
get over in a way that he doesn't 100% control. Yeah. But what um, what do we do when we put Bray Wyatt in the ring? This is my big thing because it, to me, it's got to be as nuanced and as smart as possible in the sense that I don't just want all of this and then Bray Wyatt to come out and be Bray Wyatt. It's nothing wrong with that, but it's boring. Yeah. I mean, the, gimmick, not boring. the gimmick has to carry over to the matches. You cannot have... You cannot do what you did with um, um, Sean O'Hare. Yeah, it was Sean O'Hare, wasn't yeah. it? The Devil's Advocate gimmick. Yes, the yes, The promos it was great. were amazing. They are. I went back and rewatched them recently. They are still incredible. But when he came out, he was just a wrestler. He yeah, was he's just going, a wrestler. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, what was your purpose with for saying all these things? I don't know. Where's the tie-in? Because that's the yes. cool thing about wrestling. You've got to have the tie-in. Again, I use Stone Cold Steve Austin. Steve Austin worked because behind the stage, it's like, I'll kick your ass. In the ring, I'm kicking your ass. Okay, I get it. I get it from all... And I know that's a much simpler character to then paste into a wrestling ring, but I've got to be able to understand. The Shaw on her hair one is the, such a good comparison. It was like, okay, you're really cool, but in the ring, you're just a guy. So I don't really, I can't warm to you 100% because there's nothing different with 50% of the stuff that you're doing. Yeah, and that's exactly. my why with Bray Wyatt. And I'm not going to lie, I don't know if I have an answer for it. Like, How do you work well, the feeding and stuff? I'm not one to fantasy book. I, I, I don't like doing it at all, honestly. But if, if they were to lay it at my feet and say, right, you book a Bray Wyatt match post Fun House, I would... I would have the gimmick of the kid show carry over into the wrestling to the point where through the speakers, a, a child audience is reacting to things. He hits someone, you hear all the kids throughout the arena through the speakers. I, I like Yay! That. Yeah. When he's getting attacked, you hear boo um, from the Firefly Studio audience uh, and hopefully get the audience to join in as well. Because it's always fun when the audience can join in on that that kind of buy-in for that kind of gimmick and when you want him to finally win the match that's when the lights go out the fiend comes out and it turns on a dime from this is a cute funny match with sound effects to oh he's just straight up murdering that guy and, and maybe even do what they used to do with Kane when he first came in have the lights change and stay changed throughout the match I think the atmosphere has to permeate his matches. Such a good point, man. The, the whole red thing they used to deck. I used to love that red stuff they used to deck the arena out in. It was so cool. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why don't we do that stuff anymore? That kind of ties into why, I know it doesn't exist anymore, but why do we have Backlash, the, the pay-per-view, and not have the cool looking set? That, it's that small thing. All you did with Kane is make the lights red. I'm like, oh, this is weird. This is eerie. That's all you need to do. By the way, if anyone, I don't think anyone from WWE does listen. That doesn't mean put bugs on the ring using an overhead projector no. that's not that's not what neither of us are saying you've got no, to come it needs up with to fit yeah. the character and build the atmosphere bugs on the ring didn't really mean anything it was just weird it was just so yeah. weird it was just so, so to this day i don't oh anyway it doesn't matter but you Creepy are sound effects and, and and like child audience sounds and you know kid show music and and stuff playing throughout the match could add a level of atmosphere to them. It's not something you could probably do forever. But I, I, I say that, I mean, Kane has been effective in that role and The Undertaker for a long time. And if you go back and watch Waylon Mercy matches, I don't know why I said Waylon, Waylon Mercy matches. <laughs> I prefer Waylon. <laughs> um, yeah, he never 
broke character and his matches had a very deliberate slow pace to them and i found them i find them mesmerizing to watch um because they have an atmosphere all their own as he just methodically annihilates people with a fairly limited move set but e each move looked deliberate and carefully crafted there was no wasted space and that's that's what what needs to happen with bray wyatt we can't waste space he can't just get into lockups and and rest holds and just standard wrestling it all needs to be different mm. yeah I, I, it really really does because especially right now even more so even if we had come up with this gimmick you know sort of five six years ago it still would have been necessary to do that but now when wwe can feel very wash rinse repeat we, we can't let this fall yeah. we just can't this has to be the start it of the is, renaissance it is the only match for which the two out of three full stuff works actually if you do before the commercial break bray wyatt in the the blues clues sweater and everything fighting then oh we've got to restart the match they have the commercial break comes back and it's all gone to shit because he's the fiend now and it's all gone horrible and terrifying it's the only way in which those stilted matches work. Maybe that's what maybe that maybe it's secretly all been built for Bray Wyatt. That the maybe. whole thing was designed just to get Bray Wyatt back. But if involved. you put him in an awkward we're gonna restart the match thing without anything attached, you'll kill the character. Oh yeah, definitely. 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 It's on a razor's edge is that character. And you can do something you I mean, you could you could commit to it and build an atmosphere, or you could project bugs onto the ring. <laughs> and the problem is, is WWE's production is so cheap. Like when they advertised the Undertaker coming to SmackDown, the CGI stock asset zombies that were in that picture oh, made yeah, me no. laugh my head off. Which is weird because they used to do so much effort with that as well. Yeah. I laugh every time I see Roman Reigns come out and I see that bad CGI dog head snapping on the screen. Oh, I know, it dark. ruins the, the, the mystique of the character so much. I know. Let me come out accompanied by my clip art mascot. It, no. <laughs> they can't do that. They can't have clip art mascots and projected bugs. They've, when Bray Wyatt comes out, the room has to change. Yes, exactly. That's a perfect way to put it. Things need to feel like, wait a minute, we're not where we once were. You know, we, yeah. we, we've been whisked away from Oz and I don't this feel comfortable normal. anymore. Yeah, I totally agree. The last thing I, I want to I get from you because I know it's a controversial subject throughout internet wrestling fans is the Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch relationship. Uh, I've seen people saying they love it. I'm saying people saying they hate it. I've seen people say that it doesn't, you know, the, the only one I don't necessarily agree is with people go, I don't want, you know, when has a relationship ever worked in wrestling? Well, Macho Man and Elizabeth and Hulk Hogan was one of the greatest storylines ever. So it can be done, but I understand it's a very, very long time ago. But again, it's one of those things, I, I say this all the time, it's become like a catchphrase. Start of 2019, if I had gone, oh, by the way, by the summer, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are going to be dating and it will be the feature of Raw, you're going to be like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so I don't, don't quite understand how you've predicted this. But yeah, just, I just want your take, man. I just want your feelings. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm with some trepidation. Um, one, one thing you don't want to do with two very strong performers like Becky and, and Seth is you don't want the relationship to boil down to one of them ending up as being known as, you know, the girlfriend of the other or the boyfriend of the other. They are so far maintaining the fact that they are both very strong, equal competitors that stand on their own. But you do run the risk of having one overshadow the other 
because one of them will just be known as the other ones. Yeah, which is bad for both. Partner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so far that's gone okay. And I've wanted more... I know they, they will probably never go full-on into gender wrestling like we see in other promotions. But I do wish sometimes we'd see more interactions between the, the men's and the women's division. Um, just because it makes the, the locker room feel more natural. It, it, of course, every now and then, you know, Asuka might interact with Rusev or they might have stories that overlap somehow. Um, to me, that, that makes it all more believable and, and more natural feeling that sometimes the women wrestlers and the, the men wrestlers will um, cross over. And that's allowed for that. I thought Lacey Evans being the guest referee was a very clever piece of booking. I, it made sense. All I ever asked for is something to make sense, and it did. So I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And as much as people don't like Baron or Lacey, I actually like both of them. Um, and the idea of them forming a, a, their own partnership to take them on, I like it. And that's what I wanted to see more of from these divisions. I want to see that. I want to see men and women decide they have mutual enemies and help each other. Um, because that just... it, it, it they're, they're so fond of saying they're breaking down walls. But that's an actual wall in terms of creative that they could break down and have, have the roster feel like a cohesive roster, not two very separate worlds, two very separate divisions. So I do... I, I like it. I, I like how it's bringing the divisions together, uh, which, in my opinion, just creates a more natural atmosphere um, and doesn't feel like, oh, well, we're stopping this part of the... We're stopping the men's wrestling so we can have the women's wrestling. Now back to men's wrestling. It, it lets it all bleed into each other and feel like we'd, we're all watching one coherent show. Mm. As close to coherent as WWE <laughs> can get with its baffling bizarre uh, booking lately my favorite thing um, is still, it will always be the wild card rule which legitimately lasted five <laughs> it lasted five weeks before they went ah fuck it five you know what annoys weeks me? what on a personal level about all this is i i was preparing to try and sell um pro wrestling ego on my idea for a resurrected hardcore title um something that lets the lower card have something and allows for the wilder gimmicks and everything to have something to contest over and have some sense of legitimacy without having them, you know, play around with the world title and whatnot. I thought the hardcore title in the Attitude Era was great for that. For me, it wasn't even about the, the violent wrestling. It wasn't about hitting people with chairs and trash cans. It was, wow, all of these wrestlers are not here just in a, you know, some arbitrary Andre the Giant Battle Royale where they're just stuck together for the sake of it. Um, they've got something to do, and I'm into it. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was going to pitch that, and I was going to call it the wild card title. WWE, in the span of a couple <laughs> of weeks, end up with a 24-7 title and the wild card role. So that knocked all that on the head. So I've got personal beef with it. But outside um... of... If I separate my personal problems with it, my bitterness, um, it's a, yeah, it's a mess. And it, it speaks volumes again about WWE's obsession with optics over practicality and trying to promote a brand above working out the actual details. Clearly, in his ads, Wildcard is a marketable name. And so they just yelled it constantly to the detriment of the actual practical element of trying to communicate to the audience that there's a reason like it, it could have just been very simple just we've got the brand split but 
wrestlers can petition backstage or whatever and can appear on the, the other show. There doesn't have to be a rule. There doesn't have to be another brand, another thing you can pop a little trademark next to. But that's not how WWE operates because everything's got to be artificially constructed, contrived, plastic, pre-wrapped. So there had to be a wildcard rule. When really it would have just been simpler and less confusing to say, oh, hey, Roman Reigns is assigned to SmackDown, but, you know, management have let him appear on Raw. And we're going to do that now. We're just going to relax things a little. That's all they had to do. Yeah. Instead, yeah. it was, you know, three wrestlers from Raw can go to SmackDown and three wrestlers <laughs> from SmackDown can go to SmackDown and, oh, there's Lars Sullivan. Well, you can come along as well. It's just so confusing. They broke their own rule that very night. Oh, and that I, I was, know. I think the biggest problem with that was that they called it a rule. The moment you say there's a rule, you look stupid when you break the rule. If you just say, well, there's no hard and fast rule then it's less confusing because it's like, oh, well, there's a, a precedent for a SmackDown wrestler appearing on a Raw show. I accept it now. But if they keep reminding us, reminding us of this wildcard role, now I'm thinking, right, so who's already appeared and who's yet to come? And, you know, I'm starting to think about logistics and we, we didn't have to worry about logistics here, but they introduced logistics. Such a good point. And man. then buggered all the logistics up. Such a good point. I didn't think about it like that. You could have just worked it in as a thing and continued it on as a thing and had, oh, this is weird. Why does this keep happening? But you're right. The best that you're right, they went wild card. That sounds great. <laughs> do the wild card rule. Uh, but you're right. Sometimes WWE, branding, marketing, whatever you can do, that's what WWE will do. Yeah. They have to codify everything. You they can't do. just have something be natural. You can't just have something like you can't just do a funny joke once. If they have something that gets over, they will then run it into the ground yeah. and repeat it and repeat it and codify it and turn it into a, another pre-packaged, expected thing. They can't just have something come along naturally. And, and, and that's the issue here. You know, it's like the Brock Party thing. The boombox thing was funny. And then they put little plastic speakers on it and had a T-shirt lined up within hours. Now, see, I while, while I am wrong here... That, I loved all that stuff so much. I didn't hate it. The whole thing that was like that was like someone was pumping happy happy thoughts into my brain. All of that. So I let them. All I slip. liked it for a bit. No, but, you're right. You're like right. WWE, I let it slide. I, yeah, like with everything they do, that's good. They ran it into the ground. Yeah, they did. And, they did really quickly as well. Because yeah, they have to own everything. They can't just let a wrestler do a thing. They have to own it, and that's the same with the wildcard thing. They've got to slap their own stamp on it. And the moment they did that, they gave us the expectation that we would see something with some structure. And it had no structure, and that's why it fell apart. You did. Ah, oh, what a beautiful gym. That's <laughs> so, 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 so true. Uh, right, we'll start wrapping stuff up. Jim, is there anything you want to talk about, though, about or anything you need to pimp out there and sell on your own personal wrestling career? Because we can't let that go, that at least mentioning um, it in passing. <laughs> yeah, um, so I've been uh, away from wrestling for a little bit. Um, while some new bookings get done. Um, but I'm, I'm returning on July 13th in Collins, Mississippi, where hopefully everything I've been working towards will happen. And hopefully the one last thing I need to make it happen comes in on time and I can unveil what should be my new 
because because when I when I got into wrestling, obviously the gimmick I had was not intended to break me into the wrestling business. It just got over so well they kept having me back, and then I was like, holy shit! I just woke up one day. I'm like, holy shit! I'm actually in the wrestling business now. And at that point, I'm like, well, Stardust ain't gonna fly. So I've been working on something ever since Stardust um, took off to retain a lot of what made it work, but not have it be a, a, a joke gimmick infringement thing. So July 13th, it should all kick off. And then um, I've got a date in Alabama uh, for Pro South Wrestling. After that, um, the Friday after, I can't remember the bloody date, but it's the I think it's like the Friday after, and I should be up north, um, up up north soon. Uh, I I can't I, I don't think I can say the the promotion yet, but I, I will be in Pittsburgh, and hopefully if that takes off, you'll be seeing me up north quite a few times in the future. Uh, so yeah, it's all right now. I'm just on the cusp of. A lot of stuff I can talk about, but I cannot yet talk about it. It's a little bit of bad timing on my part, but uh, uh, no, hopefully I was... just enough to build up a little bit of hype for this it. Is, this is why it's good, because it gives us a reason to do another one of these sooner rather than later. That's, that, that's why it's good. We can, I'm uh... always happy to do that. I exactly. Like, I like having an outlet to talk wrestling. I actually, I, I did a couple of episodes of a show called Resterling for Cultaholic, but... Uh, I couldn't commit to it, and, and there were a few creative differences and stuff. I'm still a huge fan of theirs, but uh, there's a few creative things that, that we couldn't really work out. Um, but I, I love having an outlet to do it, and my, my own channel on YouTube isn't really a good fit for it. So I, I, I was looking forward to this, because I get so much pent-up stuff I want to talk about, both good and bad, um, that I come on here and I just start running my mouth. That's why it's good though, man. And that's why we, we, we should do it again. Once you've got everything sorted out, and I won't spoil it, I know the deal, but I won't say it. But once all that stuff is, spoiled, is sorted out uh, within your own wrestling thing, come back on. You already know a thousand things going to happen in both WWE and AEW. So we can talk about that and we can talk about personal wrestling careers as well. Because yes, in case this is the... I, don't, I cannot believe this is be the case, but on the off chance that you have no idea that yeah, Jim and I both started off in video games and then pretty much at the exact same time on Apple wrestlers without even mm -hmm. mentioning it to one another <laughs> was genuinely terrifying and one of those things in, in life that i don't understand how it happens but it did yeah. and, now and i do we think are. that means it is written in the stirs that you and i will <laughs> will clash one day it has to happen it has to happen because if it doesn't it just wouldn't be right we've already clashed as alter egos of ourselves in youtube land we so now have, we have yes. to clash in the ring as another version of alter egos of ourselves and just you know just create the ultimate mayhem it's going to happen. It is going to happen. It is going to happen. And like I say, if you if you don't follow Jim's stuff, I can't believe it. But, you know, just search for Jim Sterling on YouTube, Twitter. Uh, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. So make sure that you uh, that you do check him out. And, yeah, if you're around his area, as he just said, you can go see him live in the flesh as he returns to the wrestling ring as well. Yeah, I know there are cool. some people, some, some, some of my viewers who are in Mississippi who have been like, I, one day I really want to come out and see it. July 13th hopefully is the one you ought to come out and see because in my opinion it's going to be the start of the proper start of my career obviously i've been in here for a you know i've been doing this now for quite some time but this is like i guess the the gimmick i intend to stick with i should say so it's the start of the the character i want to be so we, we will see what great tease that was, man. You got me interested, and I know the deal. Like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. 
<laughs> oh man that was great all right we'll draw a line up there again go follow jim you can find his stuff everywhere definitely check his youtube channel out it is um you'll enjoy it that's all i'll say you'll absolutely enjoy it and in the meantime again all of this is supported by patreon.com forward slash simon 316 so go along there check out a bunch of tears or just throw a dollar into the mix if you'd be so kind also on youtube at youtube.com forward slash submit report rules give me a subscribe when you're there on twitter and instagram at simon miller 316 and yes i definitely get rid of that 316 today i didn't know which direction my career was going to go in but it, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good also available on you know itunes spotify google podcast every podcast out there it should be on there if not drop me a line and i'll make sure it goes up but so far i think we're all good and if nothing else, have great weeks, and I'll chat to you again very soon. Bye.